0: Absolutely way too long, but I'm back. I'm not going to get into my last lap months much. You know what I've been doing. But the life of Zach Rieger has been a little crazy over these last month and a half. So very excited to be back. And it's going to be an action-packed episode here on the Zach Sports Podcast. As I just kind of mentioned, my name, Zach Rieger, your host. Obviously, you guys knew that already. Uh, so as you know, we do mostly betting but there is one other aspect of gaming and sports gaming that is just – so you got your two sections, in my opinion. You have your betting and you have your fantasy sports. And it is almost August. It's late July. We're just a few days away from August. And, you know, what August means? That means it's almost football season. And so with that, obviously, fantasy football is going crazy right now. I've got my great – buddy John Tallow here with me. We're gonna do a mock draft episode. Gonna be fun. Very excited. John, how are you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm I'm uh, hyped up, I'm ready to go. I'm excited to be here and very appreciative of the opportunity to be on the podcast, brother.
0: Oh of course. You know, there is one prerequisite and I have not truly asked you but I think I know the answer. Um have you brought your whiskey with you here tonight?
1: Hey, I always got the whiskey with me, buddy. I'm a, Got I'm the all whiskey. Crazy.
0: All right, all right. You are Zach Sports Material. You have your whiskey with you. I have mine as well, and we're we're gonna have a little whiskey and talk a little fancy football, I'll do a mock draft, and you know, I guess I will just dive into it now. Talk about my bets have been pretty good. If you follow the Twitter page at Zach Sports HQ, I put out my daily plays every day. Uh, was on a heater last week. Uh, you know, kind of lost it towards the end of last week. Um, but then starting yesterday and – or the past couple of days. So, yesterday I was 4-1, and one, and today I'm 2-1. and one. I only had four plays. I'm 2-1. and one. We're right now in the bottom of the eighth of the Orioles-Marlins game. I have Marlins plus 104. Uh, they were at 7-5 in the bottom of the eighth, and the Orioles decided to hit a two-run shot. So, not the happiest heading into this mock draft. But that is what the whiskey is here for. So you know, <laughs> be on the lookout for that. But you know what? Uh let's you know, let's just kinda of dive in. You know, not the best intro, not the most, whatever, but I'm just excited to be back. I can't be, you know, super organized, super whatever. And I'm not gonna script it. You guys know who I am. So to get into this mock draft and how I'm gonna have you talk here because I feel like I've talked way too much in the first few minutes. How excited are you to mock draft? Where are you at in your personal leagues in mock draft season? Are you still mocking personally? Are you having any drafts coming up soon? Where are you at?
1: So I am one of the people that start drafting, mock drafting, I should say, in late May, which uh, everyone would agree is probably a little early, but I like to dive in early, kind of get get my feet wet and kind of go from there. But I am in five leagues this year. And my first draft is actually here on the 31st. So I have my first draft coming up. Um, So this draft, this mock draft we're doing here, I'm going to treat it pretty seriously like I'm actually drafting because, you know, once again, we're a few days away. And, I mean, it's football season. It's mock draft season. Um, You know, training camp's starting. So everyone's kind of getting excited. We're getting closer to the season. And, honestly, I mean, I'm so anxious for it and just ready to go, you know. There's no better time of the year than football season, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely. And it's definitely football season, and that is why you are on the show, because of how you mock draft, how you draft, how early you get into it. Um, that's why we're going to do it. And if you saw today, we're recording this Wednesday night. I tweeted it out on my personal account, at ZachRigger18. Go give it a follow. You know, put some decent stuff out there. Stuff I think is funny. Most people, who knows? But I think it's funny, so you have a terrible sense of humor, uh, come give me a follow. But <laughs> there was the Tigers and the Twins played today in baseball, and the final score was 17-14. Oh, and God. I I bet the Tigers, I was paying extra close attention, and it terrified me. I saw, because I, I was working, working a little late today, so I had to just kind of check up on the scores, and it was 13-6 at one point. You know, sixth inning. I was like, you know, okay, maybe we got it. Still so a little nervous, but, you know, I think we got it. Checked again. All of a sudden it was 17 12. I was like, what just happened? Like, what is going on? Ended the final score 17 14. And I quote to you that final score and I said, it is, I said, football season is upon us. And that it is. And that is why we're doing this mock draft. So let's kind of get into it. Let's just, I'm going to describe to you guys, you know, what we're drafting. We are using the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard platform, you know, hashtag no for sponsors, but, you know, what, we'll, uh, I'll say it because they got a good platform. Uh, we have one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex, and then we're doing five bench spots. You know, obviously we're tallow I our both in leagues where we have kickers, we have defense, at least one of the two. But I know you guys don't care about that when we're talking about these mock drafts work. If you really want us to argue kickers, you know, let me know. And I mean, I'll I'll, I'll argue anything. You know, I'll I'll argue Young Hoku over Justin Tucker any day. So I I don't know. We'll we'll argue if we, you want us, but you know, we'll we'll wait for that uh that group of people that actually wants that for, for us to go through with that. So that that's what the roster is looking like. We did a randomized uh, draft order. I got the number four overall pick. And my man Talo got the number ten overall pick. This is a twelve-team league, half PPR. And um, we let, let's just dive in. Tallow, you ready to go?
1: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not thrilled about where I uh, ended up in the draft order, but you know you got to be prepared from all positions. So mm-hmm. let's let's get it going.
0: Yeah, that happens in real life. constantly, you're like, ooh, I want these spots. You do the randomized, and all of a sudden you're sitting at the spot. You do not want. It happens every year. So, you know what? This is good practice. We're not keeping these teams, even though, I mean, I'm feeling I'm going to have a good draft, so I'm feeling like I'm going to want to keep the team. But well, let's get into it. So, at the 101, craziness just happened. I cannot believe this. Chris McCaffrey went. Just kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. I was going to say, we just did one. We literally just had a mock, and they had Derrick Henry go 101, which I love me from Derrick Henry. I'm a Titans fan, as you guys know. But, man, at 101 over McCaffrey, that is big bold. So, uh, Chris McCaffrey went 101, then Dalvin, then Alvin Kamara, which those are literally, when you look at my running back rankings, those are the top three guys. It's McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara. So, I am now on the clock at the 104, and I have to go with the guy just mentioned. I'm going to stick with my rankings. You know, it, we're early in the draft where we have to go running back, and my number four running back, who I actually had as my number three running back until Michael Thomas went down, then I bumped up Kamara over him, and that is Derrick Henry coming to my team at 104, and I love that pick.
1: Yeah, that pick is, I mean, for me, Derrick Henry is actually my number three overall player. Um, and I would not be against taking him number two overall. And for me, this is going to be a little – I just feel like a lot of people have the idea that Derrick Henry is just going to fall off because of his workload. But, I mean, Derrick Henry – people forget that Derrick Henry did not start for the Titans his first two full years in the league. And then even his third year in the league, he didn't really take over that full role, role until about halfway through the season. So it's not like this guy has been getting 300-plus carries every year of his whole career. Um, I don't think Derrick Henry is anywhere close to done. And I think he is just – I mean, he had 2,000 rushing yards last year without a single one of his offensive linemen being an all-pro lineman. So, mm-hmm. I mean, A lot of injuries.
0: A lot of injuries along the offensive line. And that's the thing, too, you hear that. You just hear regression, regression, regression. Because, I mean, obviously, it's coming. He just ran for over 2,000 yards. But, okay, even if Derek Henry regresses some, he gets still rush for – eight. if he works for 1,800 yards, that's still regression. Like, yeah, he yeah. he is a top-five <laughs> running back. Like, regression is a relative term when you're talking something that just ran for 2,000 yards. So, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm very excited to get that pick. But, you know what, a lot of this has been on the spotlight on me, so far, so you've got a few interesting options. I'm going to read off who all went after Derrick Henry. And at the 105, Zeke Elliott went, then Chubb at the 106. Jonathan Taylor at 107, Chubb over Taylor. That's pretty interesting. Then we had Tyreek Hill at the 108, first wide receiver, and then 109, Devontae Adams, so back back receivers. A lot of great running backs still on the board. Uh, a lot you can do here at the 110. You've, a lot of options I'm going to let you uh, – Take it away and hear your thought process.
1: Yeah, so um, my thought process here is I see a couple of interesting picks that came off the board already. Um, Nick Chubb at number six overall and Jonathan Taylor at number seven overall. I have uh, I have both of those just a tad bit lower. Um, not a big difference, but one name that I see that's still on the board at number 10 overall that really piques my interest and I never see on the board at this point is uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, yes, sir. John- Um, He is, and I'm going to get into this very briefly here. I fully believe that Saquon Barkley is the most talented running back in the NFL, and it really is super close on just a straight talent alone perspective. Um, And I know a lot of people may disagree with me on that, but, I mean, the guy can do literally anything and everything, um, checks the boxes across the board on every level. Um, the issue I have with Saquon is, you know, a lot of people have recency recently with things, and then a lot of people want to hold on to one specific year on a player's fantasy uh, resume, I should say. And I think a lot of people hold on to Saquon Barkley's rookie year uh, because Saquon Barkley went absolutely nuts his rookie year. I mean, he blew the top off of everything. Um, that's when Eli Manning was still there, and he was getting – I mean, stupid amount of targets from out of the backfield because that was a lot of Eli Manning's game was dumping the ball off. Um, Now, I have Saquon Barkley as my number six overall player. So, for me, getting him at 10 right here, I think that is an absolute steal in this position. Saquon is not the safest first-round pick you're going to find, plain and simple. I mean, in a first-round pick, you want to find a guy that there's zero question marks, there's zero doubts. Um, even if he's not going to finish as the number one overall player at his position, you want a guy that's going to be a guaranteed, you know, top 10 player. He's going to give you solid production. You just don't really, you can just plug him in and not worry about it at all. Um, Saquon gives me a little bit of concerns here. He tore his ACL last season. Um, he got his surgery a little bit later. So, I mean, for the first couple of weeks of the season, we don't really know what his workload is going to be like. We really don't. I don't believe that he's going to have a full workload. That offense still has a lot of question marks across the board. Um, So, once again, Saquon Barkley is not my favorite first-round pick here. But being at number 10 overall, uh, and Saquon being my number six overall player, you cannot pass up the talent, and you can't pass up the potential upside. Um, I love Saquon Barkley here at 10. Uh, The only other player that I'm really – considering right here is Aaron Jones. Um, I have him right behind Saquon at number seven as of right now with uh, Aaron Rodgers being back on the team. But I think the pick here is definitely going to be Saquon Barkley. Uh, you can't pass up the value here. Um, he can finish as the number one overall running back. But as we've seen in the past, there's definitely a lot of risk here though at the same time. But Saquon Barkley is the guy here for me at number 10 overall.
0: I like it. Could you before we started recording, before we did this mock draft, did you believe in any way that you would have Saquon Barkley on your roster?
1: At number ten, no chance at all. Um, I was
0: just—we were talking before this, and I'm kind of surprised we don't really get to have a huge argument. Uh, I guess we're more just kind of each state our sides on what we believe because we've had this discussion many a time you know, you're more on Zeke's side. I'm more on Saquon, which, I mean, we have them literally back-to-back, you know, regardless. So it's not that far of a gap. But still, we have the one ranks over the other. And a lot of the reasons why I have Saquon is because of what you just said, his upside is limitless. I'm a little bit lower on Zeke than I think a lot of people. I'm just, you know, he he's going to have the workload, so he's going to have a very high floor. But I think that's about all he's going to have, which is not bad as a late-round, first-round uh, late first round pick, but we don't really get to have that argument anymore. And I just think it's hilarious that you end up with Saquon when I've been a Saquon guy. I may or may not be wearing a Saquon jersey right now. You know, so I love that. And, uh, but I'll be at 110, that is unbelievable value. So I think we both start get a stud running back and, uh, let's, let's see what, uh, what kept going. So, after Saquon Barkley went, Aaron Jones, like you were saying, he was your next guy at 111. Then Travis Kelsey, that's a big name that always – he's always one that you want to look out for, see where he ends up. He's at the 112. Then Stephon Diggs goes to a one. And Austin Eckler will not get back to me at the 202. I did not think that he would. And, Palo, <laughs> you are back on the go- – you know, wishful thinking. You never know. You just got Saquon at 10. Why could not I get Eckler at the 209, you know?
1: When you're thinking
0: it happened. you are on the clock, my friend.
1: So, um, just kind of backing off what you were just talking about, I'm going to quickly hit just very briefly on my side of the conversation on Zeke versus Saquon. Fair. Um, Just because I I do feel like it's (laughs) a very relevant thing here. Um, As you mentioned, you're higher on Saquon and you're a little bit lower on Zeke. Um, And the way I look at Zeke, I have numbers – I have Zeke as my number five overall player off the board. I am 100% comfortable taking Zeke number five overall, which is exactly where he went in this mock draft. Um, And Saquon, no doubt, has the higher upside. I don't believe that Zeke really has a route to finish number one overall, um, but I don't think that Zeke has a route to not finish top ten overall, um, obviously, depending on injury. But Ezekiel Elliott, last season, um, obviously, a lot of people were disappointed in what he did. Um, but just a couple things to touch on. Last year, before the season started, Travis Frederick, the Cowboys center, retired before the season. He was the top-tier center, probably top three, top four center in the NFL. So completely lost his center before the season started. And then Tyron Smith, Leo Collins, and Zach Martin missed a combined 36 games last season, and just for the listeners who aren't too aware of those players, all three of those are offensive linemen, and those three have combined for 18 Pro Bowls and seven first-team offensive line honors. So those are not just middle middle grade linemen; those are top-tier linemen, and they three players missed a total of 36 games. I mean, that's what's the math on that? 12 games a player. You know, so I mean, we didn't have you know a majority of the Cowboys' offense most of last season, or their offensive line, I should say. Um, and then, we, well, I mean, offense, offense as well.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and then another big stat is obviously Dak Prescott had that devastating injury last year, and without Dak Prescott, that offense doesn't really roll. Zeke and Dak have a crazy chemistry together, and just to touch base, weeks one through five with Dak. Dak Prescott in the lineup, Zeke finished top 15 all five weeks. So he did not finish outside of the top 15 those five weeks with Dak in the lineup. Three of those weeks, he was inside the top seven, and two of those weeks, he was inside the top four, and he had 296 total touches last season in 15 games. 296 touches is the lowest he has seen in his career in any season outside of the season he had a six-game suspension. So, if we're talking 300 touches is the floor of Zeke Elliott, I mean, sign me up all day. You know, that Cowboys offense is going to be a high-volume offense. It's going to score a lot of points. And Zeke is the the focal point of that offense. You know, opportunity-wise match here, he's top ten in the league. Um, He's only missed one game in his career due to injury. So that's the big thing for me is the best ability on the field is availability, and Zeke has been nothing but available the entire time. He's not the flashier player, but he's a way more reliable player, I feel like, over Saquon. Um, Plays on a better team, better offensive line. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, and once again, It's not like I had Zeke at five and Saquon at 15, you know. It's Zeke five and Saquon at six. So they're right next to each other. It's just if I have both on the board, I feel more comfortable taking Zeke because it's it's just a safer pick in my opinion. The upside isn't as high, but first round, Zeke, you just know you're kind of getting, you know, a good quality player. That's going to get value. He feeds on value, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. there there definitely is that comfort value with him. And I'll, I'm just curious on one other thing. I have two words for you. And then we really need to get into the draft because it's, we're like 20 minutes in and we each made one pick. So I I, I have two words for you, Tony Pollard.
1: Yeah. And see, so last (laughs) year Tony Pollard had 126 touches, which is the most Tony Pollard has had in his career. Um, so, on a normal basis, you would kind of be concerned about that, that his touches are going up. But zeke has got a huge contract. It's not like he's on a mid-tier contract. I mean, Zeke's paid one of the highest in the league. So, in terms of the Zeke-Tony Pollard conversation, you know, Tony Pollard's going to get touches. He's going to have a lull. Um But I do think that Zeke returns back to form this year with that Prescott back in the lineup, second year in the Mike McCarty system. I just think it's going to be a lot more smooth across the board.
0: I feel you. Just had to bring it up, you know. He's definitely the more comfortable guy, as we said. But just me personally, I just love Saquon's upside, and there was a reason he was going number two overall in drafts last season because he is I that know. good. He's that. So there's just. I'm not going to bring up as much numbers because, like I said, we need to, you know, <laughs> get going with the draft. But and Absolutely. I mean, we we both said it. We're both. This is like a couple picks apart, not like. 10. So, uh, yeah. anyways, let's just go back to the fact that you have Safe plan, which I just literally love. Um, so, so you're on the clock. Often the just went at 202. You are on the clock at 203. Who are you looking at here?
1: So, at 203 here, um, Travis Kelsey, if he was on the board, that was going to be an auto pick for me. It wasn't really going to be. I mean, Kelsey's on the board. I'm taking him. Um, right here, I have a couple. Really good wide receiver options. I have DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Ridley still on the board, which I love both of those players. But I think I'm going to pivot to running back here. Um There's a couple guys I really like. Um I'm going to go ahead and trust my rankings here. And I'm actually going to take um running back Najee Harris at the top. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I have – so my running backs are on the board here. I have Najee Harris, Clyde. Joe Mixon, and Antonio Gibson, all back-to-back here. Um, and once again, it's more so just trusting my rankings and trusting my research and my gut feeling here. I know I know Najee Harris is definitely a little bit of a, you know, some people may question that pick here, but you can't question the volume. I mean, the Steelers have been a one running back team for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, seen that in the past with, obviously, we've seen Le'Veon Bell get the role he had. Um, and I think Najee Harris, you know, I have speak on it a lot here that, you know, running backs coming into the league is when they're going to have the most value. They're going to get the most touches because they're the freshest there. So I think Pittsburgh, you know, they're a big uh, passing team, obviously, but I think you can't really deny the workload that Najee Harris was going to get, and I feel good taking him there.
0: I like it. Um, I really thought you were just trying to be nice to your host and gift me one of those two wide receivers that you were talking about. But, unfortunately, Calvin really went the pick for me at 208. Uh, but, you, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday. You know, I, I have nausea at my running back 15, um, and literally that's the reason why I'm not going away with him in a lot in a lot of mock drafts. I don't see myself walking away with him in many drafts. I'm, gonna, I'm about to take a guy who I have ranked two spots ahead of him at thirteen. And it's just it's not a anti Najee take. It's just more some of the other guys like more. And there's just a lot more question marks uh with Najee. What? He he's gonna get the workload. He's gonna be the talent is obviously there. Like you cannot question and you have talent and workload. That's mostly what you need in fantasy. But it's still just that little bit of mystery where uh I would be in a little bit of a better situation where I'm at right now with Derek Henry. Take them since you have that known commodity. But with you, I think that's a little risky having Saquon and Najee both guys with a little bit of risk, a little bit of question marks. But obviously, the upside—you could have two top ten guys, two potentially top five guys. If I even might—I'm not going to project that, but it's it's in the realm of possibility for sure. Um, so, I—I I mean, I—I I have nothing against the pick. Uh, that would be a little bit earlier than I would do, uh, but. I mean, you, you said it, you know, talent, opportunity, that those are two of the biggest things to cross off. Um, so so after Naj, you went Antonio Gibson. Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback off the board at 205. Uh, wow. Like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, like Travis Kelsey, always fun to see where the first quarterback goes. Um, and then 206, DeAndre Hopkins, Joe Mixon, and Calvin Ridley right before me before I could take them. Um, and the guy, I kind of alluded to that I'm going to take, is a guy I took at number six overall last year that kinda of hurt me a little bit. But <laughs> at but at two oh nine, you know that's who I'm talking about. But at two oh nine, I'm gonna take Clyde Edwards Alaire. I love Great. him at the end of the second round. And I'm what I'm doing right now, so I have two very talented running backs in two of the top AFC offenses. So Clyde yep. Edwards Alaire, the thing that Obviously, the talents there, you know, he's going to be on the field more. It's the second year. He's probably going to get more usage, be on the field more, all that stuff. But what I really want to focus on is his touchdowns last season. He had four touchdowns in 16 games. And I remember watching, as, as a frustrated Clyde Edward Delaire owner, The um, he had at least four touchdowns. Called back on bullshit holding penalties. At least four. Yeah. Could be more. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. So, just in that aspect, literally just looking at the ones that were called back, and then you're going to, you know, up his usage just the second year in the offense. Patrick Mahomes still loves him. It's just all that stuff. Getting him in the back end of the second round. I love Ty Edwards Alaire this year if I can get him uh, at the right price. So, his, his touchdowns are going up regardless of. They're in regards yes, to anything like they're guaranteed to go up, and literally as long as they go up, uh, you know he's going to be a great second round pick. So I love having Derek Henry, Kyndra there to start off two great running backs. Uh, and you see,
1: uh, go ahead, go ahead and read off the picks after that because I think this uh, this whole quarterback group going this early is really interesting.
0: Yeah, this is, it is. I know you and me, we both wouldn't have the have it this way, but. This is how your drafts do. Not everyone listens to fantasy football podcast. I know you might think, like, oh, what? People don't listen? Yeah, I know. I mean, send them my way if you really want them to. Um, <laughs> but you see – I mean, you see kickers. There were last year kickers, and Justin Tucker went, like, the sixth round or something last year on one of my drafts. Like, it, it just happens. Like, it – you know, so <laughs> –
1: your you never know what's
0: going to happen. You can mock and mock and mock, and I recommend mocking as much as you can, but you can do that all the time, and the draft is always – your real draft is always going to feel a little bit different just because you never quite yeah. know. Um, so, so after Clyde Edwards-Alaire went A.J. Brown at 210, Allen Robinson DK Metcalf, uh, next tier wide receivers there, Justin Jefferson. I got all of them went above Justin Jefferson, a little interesting – uh but at three oh one that was Justin Jackson. and Garrett Waller at three oh two that's a good pick for team two there and then Lamar Jackson at three oh three so Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are both off uh off the board early in the third round. So I'm now back on the clock at three oh four and I have my two running backs. And another reason why I took Clyde so easily there um there are a lot of later running backs that I do actually like this year. This is one of the first years for me, at least, where mm-hmm. there are running backs in the middle to late rounds that I actually really like. So I'd be okay with having them in my flex or Possibly even two with my wide receivers and tight ends quarterback if my team is there to, you know, warrant that. But I looked at the wide receivers before I hit the Clyde, and there were about four guys I knew. I had a shorter turn this round. There are about four or five guys that I knew I was very happy with. Now I'm about to get one of them right here. I'm very high on him. He's my wide receiver six, actually, which I think is much higher than consensus. So I'm very happy to get him as my wide receiver one. And that is Keenan Allen, wide receiver, Los Angeles Chargers. I just most underappreciated wide receiver in the game. And Absolutely. Justin Herbert's only going to get better. And I mean, yeah, there you know he's gonna pass the or he's going to Austin Eckler. he's gonna pass to Mike Williams some. But Keenan Allen is week in, week out, fifteen points, twenty points a week, just consistency, steady. You you don't see many players that you can get in the third round that have as high of a floor and as high of a ceiling as Keenan Allen. So Derek Henry, Clyde Ever Keenan Allen, love that start.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're in a really good spot. And just for reference on that Keenan Allen pick, because I know a lot of people um, don't think Keenan Allen is a sexy pick by any means at all, but um, when you're looking at taking wide receivers um, in a half PPR or PPR league, you want to look for targets. You want to look for opportunity. Mm -hmm. And just for reference here, Keenan Allen only played 14 games last year. He missed week 16 and 17. And, in fourteen games, he had hundred and forty seven targets average ten and a half targets a game
0: oh yeah, baby. and that's why um and it's i mean his target share you know that's right around there, it's not gonna deviate from that might be a little higher, might be a little lower um but anyways, you have to remember, and I think the targets are gonna be a very, very good football team this year, so yeah. it's gonna be. That That's a very good pick from ours. Everyone very careful of the 304. At 305, George Kittle was available. That's kind of the third round where it's like maybe, but I wasn't going to pass on Keenan Allen because there's a pretty significant tier gap after Keenan Allen. There were guys I will have been comfortable with, very happy with. Um, but I, I was okay with not taking George Kittle there. So he went at 305, and then J.K. Dobbins at 306. Josh Allen, another quarterback at
1: 3.07.
0: And then Josh Jacobs in the third round, that's much higher than I think both of us have. And then Julio Jones at 3.09, which is a little bit higher. I've been seeing him in a lot of, like, mid to late fourth round picks. Uh, so Julio above guys like Scary, Terry Lamb, Mike Evans, and Mark Cooper, kind of bold, but, you know, this is, this is where we're at. So what are some of your thoughts on what just happened, some thoughts on your pick if you were on the
1: clock? Uh, so for me, uh, the tight ends, I think those three tight ends are pretty much going to be off the board by the middle of the third round. Um, if George Kittle mm-hmm. tells me here, that's definitely a, a guy I was considering for sure. Um, the Josh Jacobs pick at three oh is actually the highest I have seen him go on um, Fantasy Pro's site. I have not seen him in that third round area at all. So that's a little bit of a, um, a one that's definitely interesting to me. But um, right here, third-round pick for me, I have Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris so far. And for me, I have one running back here, and there is a massive drop in terms of of a tier break here for me. Um, And for me, there is a lot of really good wide receivers still left on the board, and I have a pretty short turn turn here. So I'm going to go ahead and lock up my running back room here and take my third running back and go Chris Carson. And I think he is a uh, he's a player that you know what he is. Um, last year he caught a lot of passes, a lot more than people really expected to. And he's just in a high-volume Seahawks offense. And for the people playing devil's advocate for Chris Carson and saying, oh, Rashad Penny's going to take away a ton of touches and he's going to have some oh, value. No. <laughs> I can't believe something until I see it. Um, Rashad Penny is a great running back. He's a great football player. I'm not disregarding his talent at all, but it's the sheer fact that he hasn't been able to stay on the field, you know. And like I alluded to before, the best ability is availability. So in my eyes, this is Chris Carson's backfield, and I think his value is going to be awesome. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, sure up my three-headed monster at running back here with Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, and Chris Carson.
0: I love that pick because. I am all I every single year I'm all aboard the Chris Carson train. And I've done a ton of mocks where he is my third guy. He's getting the third round. Uh I have no problem starting through running backs. I have zero problem with it. Obviously did it this time because Keenan Allen was just too good to pass up. George Kittle, that would have be been another question. Like maybe I go tight end instead of going through running back. But Chris Carson is always stopping for me. Um after Chris Carson went uh Terry McLaurin Amari um, Cooper, then started the fourth right at four oh one, T D Lamb, so Amari Cooper, and T D Lamb back to back. Then Chris Godwin at four oh two and you are back on the clock.
1: Man, this is a tough spot for me. It really is. Um because the four receivers that just went, Karen McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and T D Lamb, they were all in uh were the same tier for me, and I was really hoping to get at least one of those guys and they all got taken. So that puts me in kind of a tough spot here because I'm not in love with really any with – I'm not in love with any running backs on the board. I'm three running backs deep, so I I would like to look receiver here. And my favorite receivers came off the board as well. Um, But I will say here for my wide receiver one, I'm going to go and take – This isn't the highest receiver I have ranked here, but I think it's the one that makes the most sense for me right here. Um, I'm going to take wide receiver Mike Evans here. He's my wide receiver one just because he's a tough player. Plays through injuries, his touchdown upside is, I mean, it's double digits at the minimum, realistically. I mean, if if Mike Evans gets under double-digit touchdowns, I think that's more of a shocker as opposed to hitting double-digit touchdowns. And then that Buccaneers offense, I mean, you got Tom Brady there. That that offense is awesome. I mean, they spread the ball around. It's going to be a lot of volume. They're going to score a lot of points. I personally have Chris Godwin above Mike Evans in my rankings. um, But Chris Godwin got picked before me. So I'm going to go Mike Evans here. Um, I'm kind of passing up on the Rams receivers there and Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods, who I have actually ranked above Mike Evans. Uh, but I think Mike Evans is just the guy I kinda like I kinda like to fit in
0: here. Yeah, I agree with that as the wide receiver one. I think I would feel more comfortable with Mike Evans over either of Rams wide receiver. Just as your wide receiver one because I mean mm-hmm. you have your running back, so I agree with that completely. After Mike Evans is the four oh three, uh the four oh four is Miles Sanders. Then DeAndre Swift, Michael Thompson, at the four oh six, DJ Moore at seven. And Dave Montgomery at 408, which, you know, if you're looking, I might have had Dave Montgomery or at least would have been picking him, um, but you already had three running backs. You had to get a receiver there, and you're not going to go four, four straight running backs with a guy like Dave Montgomery. Um, so now I'm on the clock here, and with two running backs and a wide receiver, I'm still kind of, you know, I- I'm leaning wide receiver, but I can kind of do whichever – um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to take a guy who I have ranked more and I have to take, I mean, this is my podcast. I'm actually able to say it. Um, I'm going to go take my wide receiver two. And this is a guy that I am probably highest on over the majority of people and this is one of the guys I'm calling my shots on, and that's Deontay Johnson. I absolutely love Deontay Johnson. He's Big Ben's favorite. I don't love a ton of the Steelers' offense, but I will take Deontay Johnson in the late fourth round, mid-fourth round, all day, every day, because he's, he's just going to get target after target. All of my guys right now, all four of my picks, have a very good combination of target share, like usage, and talent. So I think that this is probably one of the better drafts I've done just from that aspect where – All four of my guys are going to be on the field a ton. And they all have upside. Deontay Johnson, I don't care. You won't call him Deontay drops and you you do that. I I don't care. Everyone goes on a funk every now and then. (laughs) I don't care. I'm going to take what he's done his entire career, except for that little three, four-game stretch, whatever that was. Because then he came back and he was fine and he was right back to 12 targets. target. So Big Ben obviously trusts him no matter what. So I'm all aboard Deontay Johnson. He's has wide receiver 14, which is, I think, a lot higher than most. And having his wide receiver two, absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. I can get him on my podcast, Mock Deontay Johnson fan club right here. President Zach Rieger speaking to you. Hey,
1: can I uh, – so just for reference on Deontay Johnson really quick. Um absolutely. I know he had those, uh, you know, few weeks where he was dealing with some drops. I think people just blow that stuff out of proportion, to be completely honest. That shit happens, man, you know. You just get a little funk. You know, you you get in your head a
0: little bit. You're like, oh, no. Like, if you're getting that many targets, if you get 12, 15 targets,
1: yeah, you might have a few drops. You know, your drop numbers will go up. (laughs) Just for for reference here, um, Deontay Johnson last year, in 15 games, he had 144 targets. Yes, sir. So I mean, the thing is with the drops is he didn't have any more drops than really anyone, any other receiver. Alluding back to what you said, I mean, when you have a when you have that high a target share, you're naturally going to have you know a couple more drops here and there.
0: Yeah, and he's still a young guy. Uh, let's see, because he's heading into his third year, he is. Let's see how old he is. Yeah, he's 25. He's headed into his third year. He's he's still young. He's still learning. He's still getting better, which is awesome. And so I have him way above any other series wide receiver. And so I, I that's just a me thing. I had him last year. Loved him, especially half. He PPR. He's going to get a huge bump. Big Ben, his arm is a uh, dunzo. I don't care about his diet that he's on right now. He's, he's going to be passing to Deontay Johnson and feed him because he's that's the receiver he's most familiar with as a receiver that he favors the most. Give me Deontay Johnson because the Steelers, as much as I really think the Steelers will probably finish third in their division, but they're still going to be a good team. They're still going to have a you know winning record. So uh, sure. that's my thoughts on Deontay Johnson. Uh, after Deontay Johnson, Kareem Hunt at four ten, Robert Woods, Miles Jackson – Excuse me, Adam Thielen, Mike Davis, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I'm on the clock at 5.04, and I've seen a wide receiver that I am very happy that he is still on the board uh, to take. And (laughs) uh, Robert Woods' teammate right there. and I've seen him in the fourth round, but him and Robert Woods are very close. And in the early fifth, it's not even a question. I don't really have to have much analysis here. Cooper Cup. That's, That's my wide receiver three. I'll take that any
1: day. That's a great spot. That's a great spot for him to fall through.
0: Uh-huh. So, <laughs> love that. And I don't get into it much. Uh, so, after Cooper Cup, Kyle Pitt, he was the wow. fourth tied end off the board over Hawkinson and Andrews. Wow. Corlin Sutton at 506. James Robinson. James Robinson?
1: Yeah. Wow. I've been seeing him go – uh a Little bit higher than anticipated here recently, and I'm not really sure why to be honest. Yeah,
0: interesting. Yeah. yeah, above ETN. Um, saying Kenny Galladay at 508, Odell 509, and you're on the clock at 510. A lot of options at a lot of different positions. I'm excited to see where you go with this one.
1: Oh, so here it's really interesting. So, my roster so far is Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Chris Carson, and Mike Evans. So, I'm at three running backs, one wide receiver here. Um, and there is really a lot of different directions I can go here. Because mm-hmm. a big wide receiver run, I mean, a lot of receivers are about to come off the board. A lot of receivers have already came off the board, but um, I think a lot more are about to come off. And, and this is, see, this is my weakness uh, in fantasy in general that has been for years is, I always lean running back over receiver. Always have, and probably always will, to be honest, just because there's a lot more depth at receiver, there's a lot more value at receiver you can get than running back. Um, So Daryl Henderson's
0: really peeking your eye right now, really peeking your (laughs) interest.
1: Well, there's there's actually two players, and I know one of the players you're not very fond of compared to Daryl Henderson, um, but I think that, actually probably going to be the route that i'm going to go so here at the end of the fifth round um i'm looking at two running backs here it's travis Etienne or it's daryl henderson and um i like both players i really do and i think both you know can be good producing players i think i think i'm going to lean travis Etienne here just because james robinson's there he's going to have a role um a lot of people believe that Daryl Henderson is going to be the workhorse for the Rams, and I am not so convinced of that. Um, and once I have these players back-to-back in my rankings at like 19 and 20, so it's not like I'm off one player compared to the other. I just think that for Travis Etienne in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, they're going to craft him a lot. You know, the draft capital is there. He's a good football player. He had a great college career. He's back with his college quarterback, so there's a lot of familiarity there. Um, so I think Travis Etienne is going to be the pick here. Um, and comparing him to Daryl Henderson here once not be a, it's not an anti-Daryl Henderson thing at all. It's more so a, hey, I'm not 100% confident that Daryl Henderson's going to be the workhorse guy all year. You know, looking at the roster right now, they don't have much. They have Daryl Henderson – Xavier Jones and Jake Funk at running back right now after the Cam Akers injury, um, which sucks by the way, because I had Cam Akers as a top 12 running back. Um, But those Mm. things happen. happen. That's just football. Daryl Henderson, for me, he was actually more efficient last year than Cam Akers was when you look at the numbers, which is very interesting. And a lot of people forget about the thing is I just, once again, I am not absolutely convinced that he's going to be the workhorse there. I think that there's a chance they bring in a veteran uh, by the end of the preseason just to take some touches. I'm going to go Travis, Travis ET in here, and Zach, if you notice if you notice my team so far, you've kind of seen a trim, uh, similar trend in previous drafts. Is <laughs> I'm five rounds in and I already have two rookie runners. you <laughs> the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say we have done two mocks together.
0: we talked about, and <laughs> in both of these mocks, you have had two different rookie running backs, but two rookie running backs, and each of them. I, I just love that. I love that awesome. <laughs> You know, it, it happens. That's the thing with you do enough mock drafts, you get into your real drafts. You know, like trends that you don't ever realize start to happen, and. Get back to this because I'm kind of upset because I thought Kyler Murray might fall to me. I am definitely a late yeah. quarterback guy, right. but if I could have gotten Kyler in the sixth, that would have been. I would have loved that to go with my team, uh, but he went at five eleven. Uh, the rest of the pick, he went right after uh, Travis Etienne, who I did move up in my rankings. So don't worry, I I adjusted. You know, I I was just I'm not sure if his I wasn't sure if his role, but I do know. He's going to get his touches. He's very talented. I'm a Clemson fan, so I, I know how talented he is. But had to uh, – and then see him, you know, work with the wide receivers, got to love that, especially in a PPR or even half PPR league that, like we're doing. And I'm not happy with a 601. That is Chase Edmonds because that is kind of my auto-pick mistake around. Um So Chase Edmonds at 601, very Ayuk at 602, and you are back on the clock at 603.
1: Uh, So this one's going to be a little bit quicker. Um, So with that last pick of Travis Etienne, my thought process there was Travis Etienne, Daryl Henderson, and Kyler Murray. Um, Kyler Murray is a player. He is actually my number one overall quarterback.
0: Me as well. Me as well. Uh,
1: So it's one of those things where typically if I'm at that spot, it's kind of like the Kyler Murray auto pick there but I thought I could potentially get a chance for Kyler Murray to fall back to me in the sixth round.
0: Yes, you were close. You were close.
1: Um, So I'm going to go back to wide receiver here and just bolster my running back receiver depth. And this is a pick that me and you are going to disagree on for sure.
0: (laughs) I know that's what you're doing just from that.
1: Yeah. So, and, oh, God, I think this. Oh, uh, because this is going to give me three rookies yes. out of the six players that I have.
0: No, um, you're a rookie
1: guy. You like the young guys. That, that's okay, Tal. Some guys just like the young guys, you know. Man, I don't know. Well, <laughs> that sounds awful, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me here at wide receiver, my two highest ranked receivers, I have Jamar Chase at wide receiver 22, and I have T. Higgins at wide receiver 27. And I do think I need to bump T. Higgins a couple spots up because I do think I'm a little bit low on him as of right now. Um, But I am going to go Jamar Chase here, uh, just because I know that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they have that they have that connection already. And two years ago, Jamar Chase, he was easily the best receiver in college football, and it wasn't really close at all. And Justin Jefferson was his teammate. So, Jamar Chase, I truly believe can be a superstar wide receiver in the NFL. Um, In year one, the Bengals are going to swing it all over the yard. So, I think there's very, very good upside for him year one. But on the other side, rookie wide receivers, not everyone has a Justin Jefferson rookie year. So, It's definitely a risk in the sixth round taking Jamar Chase over a T. Higgins, but I I just love the player and I love the talent, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah,
0: kind of like you were there too, I love T. Higgins more. Not going to get too deep into it, but I just love – I mean, he has a draft cap as well. He was a early second-round pick. Uh, Has has a year with him. I mean, Jamar Chase is Joe Burrow's guy. There's no, no doubt in that, no getting around that. But T. Higgins' talent, some of the plays he made, he's had a year in the pros extra. And I just, I love T. Higgins. Um, I kind of like, I'm a Clemson fan, whatever, let that bias, you know, do whatever he wants. But okay. I I have them. they're obviously close. I think I have them back to back as well. Ooh, I have them at 25 and 27. So I have oh, T. Higgins cool. just a little bit above them. Um, but with them going so close back to back, I have left so many drops with. T. Higgins, I have not left a single one with Jamar Chase just because they're literally going. Like, here they went 603, 605. So after Jamar Chase, Mark Andrews, exactly. So Mark Andrews, P. Higgins, D.J. Chark, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Ooh. Anderson, wow. The whiskey's hitting. Robbie Anderson and then <laughs> Dak Prescott at 608. My jaw dropped. You were talking and – believe me, I was definitely being a good host and paying attention to everything you were saying. I thought Robbie Anderson goes two pigs ahead of me and my dog dropped. I was pissed. So I'm a huge Robbie Anderson guy, um, just because him at six oh seven is a lot earlier than I have seen. Um so I was expecting to maybe get him in the early seventh. Um but you know what? That's you gotta be prepared. That's why we're here. And yep. I thought about Chase Adams at six oh one that made me upset. And he's my all-max sixth-round pick. The other sixth-round pick that I do love to take, you know, I, I'm going to get on your train. I see what you're doing, and you can't have all the rookies, my friend. Not on my draft. <laughs> so, I'm taking Javante Williams. It's not a matter of if he takes over the role. It's a matter of when. So, taking yeah. him the sixth round, I, I like that pick. And that's all I'm going to say on that because we, we need to kind of keep, uh, keep this rolling and yeah. then, so after uh, – <laughs> we, we just like to talk. I knew this was going to be a longer episode. That's fine. I hope you guys – all the listeners, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, we have Chase Claypool at 6'10", TJ Hogson at 6'11". He did cross my mind. I will say TJ Hogson, late sixth round, definitely crossed my mind. Um, yep. And then Russ Wilson at 6'12", Juju Smith-Schuster, 7'01", Brendan Cooks and Jerry Judy at 7'03". And now I am back on the clock. And I have let's see. See, so got got kind of a few options I can maybe look at. I think I know who I want to go with. Um, uh, but just perusing my options at the moment. Because like I said kind of earlier, I am this is like the first time that I am I'm always running back over wide receiver. I am, you know, I love my running back. But most of the time, you hit the middle rounds, hit the, yeah, these middle rounds. I mean, like all wide receivers. There's so many middle round running backs that I love. I just took Javante Williams, and I'm going to take another running back here. And his name on a team that uh, you love that I, uh, you know, have the complete opposite feelings for. And that's Damon Harris. <laughs> I, I really do like Damon Harris, and I would feel much more comfortable, you know, maybe to start him week one. I have that flexibility now, uh, kind of with my second spot. He's just going to get a lot of work in a run first team with a much improved defense because they have all their guys that opted out. They had, what, eight
1: guys opt out on defense? Something along yeah. something like that. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, the Patriots defense last year was, I mean, it was divided in half. I mean, it was yeah, It was definitely ridiculous how many players actually opted out.
0: Yeah, so it, it's frustrating because I had Damon Harris last year, and there were a lot of, you know, 10 carries, 97 yards, where in standard leagues, that's, you know, 9.7 okay. points. So, like, th- there's a lot of that kind of frustration where he doesn't get any passing work. He probably won't get a ton, but and if Cam Newton's a starter, which I'm not sure if he's going to be for very long, Uh, Maybe the first couple games, but I'm not big on Cam Newton anymore uh, in the year 2021. So I think Damon Harris is just a great pick in the seventh round um, to really, you know, get the volume and give give me another running back. So after Damon Harris went Gabriel Davis at 7.05, that's a shocker. We have seen so many shockers, man. This is weird. I don't know what I did set <laughs> up this draft, man. Yesterday, we had maybe two Shockers, and this draft, we've had about five or six already yeah. in the seventh round. So. But, you know, like, like I've said before, you know, this shit happens. So, you got to be able to adjust, got to be able to, you know, you, you always kind of root for these things to happen. So, you know, I, I'm here for it. Then Dallas Goddard, Curtis table at seven oh seven, Tyler Boyd at seven oh eight, and then Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny himself at seven oh nine, and you are on the clock at seven ten.
1: Yeah, so um one pick I really want to touch on really quick uh before I get into mine. I'm not gonna to spend too much time on it, is actually the guy that went right before you, wide receiver Jerry Judy for the Broncos, um out of college, I know a lot of people were very, very on him for his talent and everything else. And then last year, I think a lot of people felt like he had a really disappointing rookie year. And I do point my finger at the quarterback play for part of that. And um, the reason I say that is because Jerry Judy in year one, so as a rookie, and you know I understand that Cortland Sutton was hurt the whole year, so... Obviously, you know, you have to take this uh, these numbers with a grain of salt here. But in Jerry Judy's rookie year, he had 113 targets. And you, you, you might want to double-check this number, but I believe it was 63 catches out of 113 targets. Yeah, I it think it was 63. Yeah, which doesn't sound very good, but out of his t- 113 targets, 26 of those targets were uncatchable targets. Yeah, I I, I don't think we need to
0: get into a huge discussion about how bad Drew Locke is. And that's why I'm so low on everyone. I know we were talking, I think it was maybe last week, maybe earlier this week. Now, who knows? Time always just runs together. But I was talking (laughs) about Corlin Sutton, and Corlin Sutton, out of, like, the three receivers that we ranked, I was very, um, you know, he was my last one. Which, mm-hmm. honestly, if he had a slight upgrade, not a huge upgrade, not like an Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, uh, top caliber uh, player, just literally, like, even if, like, a Jared Goff, a Kirk Cousins, someone, like, kind of more middle of the pack, literally just a slight upgrade, you know, yeah, course, would be what, like, would jump the other two guys hella quick. So, that, yeah, there's, there's not much discussion to be had with the Broncos QB. It's weird. We were talking about this last night too. There's not it does not happen often that a team that has had consecutive losing records, very bad team every year, literally be a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. Like they, yeah. it's weird They they, <laughs> they, they literally are. <laughs> it it's wild. Like you you just don't see that. Yeah.
1: So I'm gonna get into my pick here. Um at seven ten. And for me at this point of the draft, it is absolutely best player available. Um, Mm -hmm. And this, this kind of just goes into my, um, my outlook on building a team in the draft is you want to build a team with the best foundation possible. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be adding a lot of players, dropping a lot of players. Um, You, you know, you may be making a few trades here and there. So, you know, you want to acquire the best overall players to put yourself in the best position for player acquisition throughout the season. Um, and for me here, and I'm not really, you know, you know, I think in the in the mock that we did, you know, yesterday, I'm pretty sure I took my quarterback in the second to last round. Like mm-hmm. I am not, if I don't get like a top guy that I feel great with, I am all about streaming the quarterback position, kind of the same with tight end. Um, but right here, I do think that there's a guy that's on the board that um, is undoubtedly the best quarterback still on the board. Yeah, I maybe don't... a little, cl- I was gonna say maybe a little clarity in the past couple of days. Yeah, we've definitely gotten more clarity. <laughs> and um, if if, the, if you listeners have not seen Aaron Rodgers' presser, his comments that he's made regarding the Green Bay Packers, I highly suggest that you check it out because um, it is a very interesting listen, for sure. But right here, my, I am going to go Aaron Rodgers, the player who won MVP for the NFL last year. And once again, I do think that he is just the best player available at this point. And I think this year that he is just out to absolutely prove a point.
0: Last and baby.
1: And I think, I mean, I think he's going to have very similar – very similar production as he did last year.
0: I like that because you had me going for a little because when you said best player available, I never think quarterback. Like <laughs> just with fantasy DPA, you never think quarterback, and so you, you had me going there. So that that was good. Uh, then after after Aaron Rodgers went, uh, Devontae Smith, then Justin Herbert, another quarterback where he mustered at eight oh one and Debusable at eight oh two and you are back on the clock at eight oh three.
1: Okay, so uh where I'm going here is is we're at the point of the draft where there's no like um I guess sexy, sexy picks. Um, my team so far just for reference is Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Chris Carson, Mike Evans, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, and Aaron Rodgers. So right here, I'm not seeing uh, really anything at running back that I really love here. Um, if I didn't already have three rookies on my team, I would probably take a peek at Michael Carter here just because I love his potential. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to put myself in that position. Um, and then another player here that, you know, I would probably be leaning towards here if I didn't have his teammate already is Antonio Brown, and a lot of people are very surprised by that. But Antonio Me, Brown well. last year, Antonio Brown last year, um, in the seven football games that he played, he scored five touchdowns. Five touchdowns in seven games. Um, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, for whatever reason, they have a connection. Uh, you go back. <laughs> they to the do. Way, it, they they
0: do. Way. It's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I mean the the one game that Antonio Brown played in New England during his psychotic break of a year, um, Antonio Brown played one drive and caught four passes and a touchdown from Tom Brady. I mean that's, I mean there's a major connection there. So if I didn't already have Mike Evans as my wide receiver one here, Antonio Brown would pretty much be an auto pick for me here, realistically. And once again, I know that's a very unpopular opinion by a lot of people, but that's just, I mean, Antonio Brown in the eighth round, that's not, you know, considering for, like, four or five years in a row, he was a top three overall fantasy player, um, which I know he's older, and, you know, there's a lot of things that go against that argument, and it is a big risk there. But um, I'm going to pass up on Antonio Brown here, and I'm going to go with a player that I have not drafted at all in any mock to this point. Um, this is very much an ex. Extremely high upside player, Uh, and it really depends on his quarterback play at the same time. But I'm actually going to go with my highest ranked wide receiver here. I'm going to go Will Fuller in the top of the eighth round.
0: I like it. He's one of those, like you said, high upside, but you just you don't know. You know, you don't know the two O. You don't know how he's going to fit into the new team. You know, there's there's a lot there. Kind of, I think we're going to kind of speed through this year because we're, we're now in the 8th round. We'll kind of burn through here. Uh, yeah. After, let me find it. After we'll play with Tom Brady at 8.04, Melvin Gordon, the official, Jalen Hurts, Travis Landry, and now I am on the clock. There are a few people I would like, and... I, you see, I want to go quarterback here, especially since Tom Brady went off, and there's only one other guy that I have in my top 10 that is available. And I'm just going to say the name it's Brian Tannehill. But there's also some good running backs, wide receivers that I do really like that I think I wouldn't rather have at this moment, and I might commit to the uh the streaming. First, since I ha- I'm on the short term, I want to secure having it. And there's an Amari Cooper injury that we're still not <laughs> sure how long he's gonna miss. And out as well, and now we can have an opportunity in a very pass heavy offense where Dak is going to throw for five hundred yards a game. And I'm gonna take Michael Gallup at eight oh nine. And I'm gonna hope And Tannehill goes, (laughs) as I figured he would, um, after my 809. It was Ronald Jones, who's also a guy I was kind of considering in the late eighth. And then Tannehill, Michael Carter at 812, Mike Williams, Rashad Penny, Antonio Brown at 903. And now I'm Mm. back on the clock. And I'm in now zero rush for a quarterback. Um, There's so talented guys that I can take at any moment. Um, So I'm looking all over, and this is one of the first picks of the draft. I'm not exactly sure which way I'm going to go when I look at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and even tight end, because I have mm-hmm. a tight end that I I do like, but I think I can get him next round, even with the long break. And I'm looking at my wide receiver rankings at the moment. And also, I might as well add uh, that Marlins fucking lost, so I went two to that eight seven in the bottom of the ninth. Um, just, just just so you know where my head is at, it is ninety nine point nine percent on this fantasy draft. That point one, that point one was wondering, okay, what's going on here? I lifted up eight seven. Big L. But you know what? That's still We still were positive on the day because my two hits were both plus money. So if you're looking out for the uh, Zach Rigger wallet, first off, I appreciate that. Second off, um, you know, we'll, we'll be back more tomorrow. So two, back-to-back positive days. Let's see. We have one, two, three, four, five picks left. So this is where we're starting to look. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a guy – who I'm not going to talk about a whole lot. I would love to, but we're we're uh, over an hour. I do believe so. We're just going to go ahead and take hey. him, and that that is you know what it's what the people want. It's ne- This is why we're here, and that is Zach Moss. I'm bi- How I'm big on Deontay Johnson. I'm also huge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whew,
0: excuse me. <laughs> I'm also huge on Zach Watch Moss it. this season. It, the Buffalo Bills offense is awesome. I think Zach Moss is a million times more talented than Devin Singletary. He's gonna get his he's gonna get his, you know, workload increased. And I know Devin Singletary missed some time last year. Zach Moss was the only guy. But Zach Moss was also dealing with a lot of injuries as well. Um he can catch the ball. He's a power back, a lot of people don't think he can catch the ball. So I watched him a bunch at the University of Utah and he catches the ball constantly out of the backfield, has great hands, very defensive hands. Um, Josh Allen, he's gonna run for hit, he's gonna vote for some touchdowns. But in the ninth round, I love Zach Moss. He could potentially be an R B two. I really do believe that. Um so Zach Moss at nine oh four, then David Johnson at nine oh five, Brian Edwards, nine oh six, Marquise Brown nine oh seven, Devontae Parker nine oh eight, and Trey Sermon, nine oh nine. How you are up, my man.
1: Oh, team nine just sniped me.
0: You love those rookie running backs, man. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's not – I'm not looking at those players as like, hey, they're a rookie, I have to get them. (laughs) I'm just looking at opportunity, honestly. I mean, every rookie that I've taken has opportunity through the work. And Najee Harris, he's going to get the full four floats. Travis Etienne, I'll be extremely surprised if he has less than 60 targets this year. Um, and Etienne's probably going to have about 150 carries, but 60 targets, I mean, 200, I don't know. I mean, I just think that he's going to have a great, a lot of opportunity in that offense. Lamar Chase, once again, him and Burrow have that connection. I don't got to talk on that. So, I mean, my rookies, it's not like I'm just doing dark throws on guys that just, you know, you're just kind of, guessing on stuff. No, I mean, these guys, I am very confident they're going to have a high workload. Trey Sermon, kind of a similar thing. That 49ers offense, that running game, especially is elite. And Raheem Mostert, he's a great player. They drafted Trey Sermon for a reason. You know, so, I mean, I love Trey Mm -hmm. Sermon there. You know, it's an auto pick for me. Um, But at at this spot, you know, I'm at four running backs, three wide receivers, and a quarterback. I feel pretty good about a wide receiver that's still on the board. He is the he. will be the wide receiver one for his team, as much as you don't love this team and this offense. Um, Corey Davis here, for me, is the back of the ninth round. I mean, once again, he is a guy that has an opportunity for 120, 130 targets in that offense. Mm-hmm. And once again, I don't, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is the best rookie quarterback by any means. You know, I don't love Zach Wilson, but once again, Someone has to catch the football. That not defense is not It's going to be better this year, I believe, for sure. But it's still not great. So they're going to be playing from behind a lot. They're going to need someone to catch the football. And I think Corey Davis really showed a lot last year out in Tennessee. I think he was a great compliment to A.J. Brown. Um, and they paid him. I mean, it's not like he signed for a really light contract. I mean, they paid him money, so he's going to be the number one there and he's going to play on the outside, and he's going to get a lot of targets, I think. So Mm -hmm. uh, getting a wide receiver one for his team at the back of the ninth round and uh, a little bit of security there because I have taken some very high-risk players. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, he really broke out last year as wide receiver two. That's the one thing I have against him where he had his chances to be the wide receiver one, and then last year as he kind of took that wide receiver two role – uh, he, that's where he really excelled, and I I love Corey Davis the player, um, but obviously as a Titan fan, I'm going to take Julio over Corey Davis. But I like that pick. So I think there's <laughs> one. I I was thinking about it earlier today. I think there's one Jets wide receiver that I like him more, just because with the rookie quarterback, I think there's a guy that might be a little safer that might get a few more targets. Um, mm-hmm. But but Corey Davis is definitely definitely a very good pick, um, just because. Like you thought you got that upside, you know, you're in the ninth round. Um, after him goes Noah Fant, Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, Kenya Drake, and now you're up again.
1: Okay, so looking here, um, and this is this is kind of a thing with uh when when you're drafting and your actual draft, you definitely need to pay attention to the draft board to the draft board. You need to understand uh the, the fellow league owners in your league and kind of what their roster looks like and where they're going to be targeting players. And um, doing that here, there are three or four teams besides me that need a tight end here that does not have a tight end already. And I have three to four tight ends that I love that I love at this point. Um, I mean, the tight end, after your top three tight ends, it's kind of a land fight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you really. You don't really know what you're going to get, so
0: yeah. There, there's going to be a tight end run here, and it's going to kill me. I thought about Moss yeah. taking him, but I, I had to take, I had to take Zach Moss, and it, it's going to hurt me because there's no way these guys are going back to me. So, yeah, you, you <laughs> got to take your guy.
1: See, I think you're, I think you're wrong here. I actually think that uh, there's going to be some tight ends that are going to get back to you. Um, right, well, well look, there's only one way to find out.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I'm I I'm actually not going to go tight end here. I'm going to go running back uh, just because I think there's about to be a major running back run here, and a lot of running backs are going to come off the board. So I'm going to leave the tight end conversation open for you and see what happens, and I'm actually going to go take Gus Edwards at running back.
0: Love that guy. pick. Love that pick. Love Gus Edwards. And you were right. I'm going to get my guy, my pet- My pessimism. Works again. My reverse jinx.
1: <laughs>
0: Definitely works. So, yeah, Gus Edwards, love that pick. Uh, I, I'm not huge on J.K. Dobbins this year, and I love Gus Edwards, and he's going to get a bunch of work as well. So, love getting him. Russell Gage ten oh four. Robert Punyon went at ten oh five. Uh Logat went at ten oh six. But there is still a guy who I have above both of them um uh, available probably. because James Towner ten oh seven, Mike Fleming ten oh eight. I thought for a sec I was gonna have to, you know, full on go stream tight end stream quarterback, which is still a possibility. <laughs> but I thought I'd I thought I was just like, All right, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. So I'm gonna go ahead and get my guy here now, especially because uh you know, the guy behind me does not have a tight end as well. I gonna get Tyler Higby. You have a huge upgrade at quarterback for the Rams. You're going to have a very good offense. He's probably going to pass the ball more now that Cam make's got hurt. They're still going to be a run-first team because McVay likes that. But they're going to pass him more. And Higby doesn't have the Gerald Everett problem anymore. And in the back of the tenth, which I've gotten him in the back of the 12th as well. You know, I've gotten him that late. Uh, mm-hmm. Love getting Higby there. Then Irv Smith went right after me. Devin Singletary, Mike Kosicki at 10-12, headed to the 11th round. Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams, and then Latavius Murray. So I'm back here. Um, I have two bench spots and a quarterback position available. Um, looking at who is all available, there are a few guys. I think there's only one that I'm going to look at right now. And that is like there's so few quarterbacks. They're all kind of similar to me at this rate. There's one guy I'm looking at, but he's not the top guy on the board right now. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Darnell Mooney. We were talking about oh, him oh yesterday.
1: God, I hate you.
0: Oh, you are welcome, my friend. Welcome to my podcast. Um,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> but Darnell <laughs> Mooney, he is he's going to be the wide receiver two. Very talented guy should have been drafted way higher than a fifth round pick after still in the fifth round of the NFL draft. And you look my favorite video of like my favorite video on Twitter of all time is Darnell Mooney last season. They made like a two minute video of him running deep routes and the ball just being nowhere close to him. He gets wide open against quality corners and just nothing. So with having Andy Dalton there and more importantly having Justin Fields there Darnell Mooney gonna have a great season, get him in the eleventh round. He was the best player on the board there in the eleventh round. So that was an easy pick for me there. <laughs> then after my man Darnell Mooney came to my squad, we got Phillip Lindsay, um, McKissick, Alexander Madison, Garrington Evans. Garrington huh. Evans at eleven oh eight. And we have James White eleven oh nine and you are on the clock at eleven ten
1: all right, I wanna open up this uh little segment of my pick by saying, "Go to hell Max." Uh,
0: cheers, cheers, my friend, thanks for being on
1: okay so uh so I, <laughs> I i I'm just gonna go ahead and start with him here uh because he was my pick a thousand percent here mm-hmm. like it wasn't even I wasn't even considering another player. So, Darnell Mooney last year, as the wide receiver three on the Bears, his final stat line was 61 catches, 630 yards, and four touchdowns. And that was backed by 98 targets. And I don't have the stat offhand on the amount of targets that were uncatchable targets there. I'll have to uh, do some digging there just to get a little bit more insight. But Darnell Mooney – is, as you alluded to, he is a downfield absolute monster. I mean, he gets open, plain and simple. I mean, he gets open. He's just he's just had bad quarterback play. And across the board, I mean, this year, regardless, and I fully think it's going to be Andy Dalton for four or five games, and then it's going to be Justin Fields, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Bears have a week five bye. So I think that's kind of the point where it's going to cross over from Andy Dalton to Justin Fields. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's a bye week 10. Yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy's been very <laughs> adamant about saying, hey, Andy Dalton's our guy.
0: Yeah, but you can never trust what Matt Nagy says. He just uh, he just pulls shit out of his ass, honestly.
1: Matt Nagy and the GM, was it Ryan Pace? Is that his name? Ryan Pace. Yeah. Their job is on the line you know, so it's not like they can just milk out Andy Dalton all year and have another you know 500 season, and then be back next year fully loaded for Justin Fields. I don't, I do not believe that's the case. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Bears um, to have success this season, but re- re- regardless of who's the quarterback for the Bears this year, whether it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, it's going to be better quarterback play than last than last year. Plain and simple. Regardless of who it is, mm-hmm. Garnell, I mean, Anthony Miller, he was the wide receiver, too, for the Bears.
0: Fuck Anthony Miller. And he's
1: been, <laughs> he disappointing. I took him last year in several weeks when so I thought that he could Coffee have a championship
0: two years ago. Well, he is the yeah. guy that will never. Him, is, him and Mike Boone, fun fact 2019, your boy Zach Rigger in the championship. I have it's full PPR. Full PPR. I'm down nine points. The guy I'm bursting in the championship is done. I have Anthony Miller, who has had, at this point in the season, over nine to ten targets. He's averaging nine or ten targets the last three games. You know, Sunday night game. Throw him in my flex because of a Derrick Henry injury. And then uh, Mike Boone, who's the guy I truly threw in for Derrick Henry, and then I had Anthony Miller in my flex because that opened up the spot. Mike Boone got me four points. Well, get full PPR. You get a point for each catch. And they combined. Mike Boone had 4.3 points. He had like 4.3 points and into halftime. Then he he just stayed off the field the entire second half. And then... It's getting me worked up Just even talking about it This was two years ago And it still got me Both of these guys Will never be on A future roster of mine Anthony Miller Had one target Or he had two targets One catch For five yards So it got me 1.5 I lost By like Two points Three points Full PPR To a guy There's only one guy In that league I did not know He's just a friend Of a friend Know everyone else In the league Don't know him He's the guy that you send a trade offer, it just sits. No accept, no decline, it just sits. Worst guy to lose to. His team was awful, but he had Lamar Jackson. And I'm that team, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know. That's so very, very frustrated for a lot of reasons. So start for that little tangent but Anthony Miller. Fuck that guy.
1: Oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm frustration. But yeah, I mean Anthony Miller. <laughs> Once again, I am extremely bullish on Darnell Mooney, and I truly believe that he could be a player that could add value to your fans. I am not saying in any way, shape, or form that Darnell Mooney will be a top 24 type wide receiver by any means at all, but he – I do believe that he is a guy that could add in the right matchups, give you a lot of boom weeks for your team. Um, But I'm going to move on here, and – I am at wide receiver here. I'm actually going to go wide receiver Traquan Smith for the Saints. Uh, Michael Michael Thomas is down.
0: Great He's value off. there.
1: He's probably looking at least five to six weeks at least being off the team. So, in Traquan Smith in the back of the 11th round, I have the wide receiver one for the New Orleans Saints for at least probably the first better part of the season. So, I'm, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm
0: after Traquad Smith went Rabonjo Stevenson, Tariq Cohen T. Y. Hilton and Salvin Ahmad, um, just getting some you know, depth there in the Miami offense. And you were back like I get twelve oh three.
1: Yeah, so here, um are at the spot with running backs where you probably couldn't pay me to take a running back here. Honestly.
0: Oh, it's ugly. I just looked at it. Ooh.
1: It's disgusting. <laughs> Feel very very good about my running backs, so I'm going to um, I'm going to double dip at wide receiver here, and I still have not taken a tight end. Um, Where we have two picks left to go, and I am still without a tight end. So it is very obvious at this point that I am 100% on the streaming side on tight end, um, which is actually completely opposite from our mock yesterday because I actually mm-hmm. took Darren Waller in the second round yesterday. Yeah, he
0: told you nice late in the second. Yeah, because yeah. you had the 101, so you got you got him at the turn.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, at, at the turn, at the 2-3 turn there, I can't really pass up in an uh, in elite tight end. Um, in that mock draft, there was no real great running backs available, so the tight end was the spot to go there at the turn. Um, but it just shows that, you know, depending on kind of where you're at and how the board falls... You know, I took a tight end at the top of the second round, you know, last night, and then here I don't have a tight end at the end of the draft. Um, But I am going to go with a – what's kind of a dark throw here, and I'm going to go Henry Ruggs from the Raiders. Oh,
0: oh, oh. we're even. (laughs)
1: Love
0: Henry Ruggs this year. We're even. (laughs) Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean I I just think there's there could be a lot of upside there. I mean in there club, like you know, if he doesn't figure it out, it's not a big deal. You know. Yeah. Cut him. And so, Derek Carr's got a
0: very deceptive very deceptively good deep ball and Henry Ruggs, you know, he he'll figure it out. It's more if they can get him the ball. Uh, so I, I love that pick. After him with Kevin Coleman, Anthony McFarlane, Marlon Mack, On Bell uh Jeff Wilson and I'm on the at 1209 and I have two spots left and it is quarterback and bench um uh, for what we're looking at. So I'm going to uh, there's a few few things I'm looking at. Obviously not running back because for a lot of reasons. Um there, there's a few kind of late round receivers that I kind of like here. Um but so I'm just gonna take one that they have brings the highest here on this. And just a good guy that I, I don't mind talking about. Um, it's an offense I normally want to stay away from. Um, but it's one that I'm going to take, and that's Jalen Regger. Just because he's he is still a first-round NFL draft pick. Talented. And who knows? Yeah, Devontae Smith is going to do his thing, but there's still a ton of uncertainty with that offense. He knows he's going to be the top guy. So, in the at the end of the twelfth round, I'll take Jalen Regger might as well. As my last bet my last bench spot. No, no harm done there. Then Chuba Hubbard went twelve ten. Gio Bernard twelve eleven. Ken Gainwell twelve twelve, thirteen oh one. Xavier Jones from the Rams. So a little RB run there. Marvin Jones at thirteen oh two. Damon Williams with Chicago at thirteen oh three and one thing, I now have two guys on my team, and this looks so weird. Two guys with a week 14 bye. Like, that is that is crazy. Damon Harris and Jan reger both with a week 14 bye. Not used to that. That is crazy to me. So, with this next pick, just, obviously, I was going to throw that in there. So, this next pick, I'm kind of excited that this is my last pick. Um, like I said, we're only doing the 13 rounds because we only have five bench spots. Quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, two flex. Um, and there's a quarterback I have Matt Stafford on the board. I have him rated a lot higher than I do the guy that I'm going to take. I'm um, actually let me let me see real quick um, the Rams schedule. Yeah, they play the Bears week one. Very good defense. Um, you know, I'm not not going to take him. I wouldn't mind taking him. But there's a guy on here that I kind of mentioned last night as well when we were talking. And it's a guy who, like I said, he's not my highest ranked here. But once I get to this point of quarterback, I, I really like taking him here. And that is rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, which is crazy. But for my quarterback at this point, all my top tier guys are gone where I'm comfortable starting year in, year out. I am a streamer at this point. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have the potentially and most likely worst team in the NFL, Houston Texans, <laughs> playing them week one. And you already know that all the newspapers, all the sports writers, all the sites, everywhere is just, great. just waiting to talk about Trevor Lawrence's amazing NFL debut. They're just waiting for it. So I'm going to play to that narrative. Him against a terrible team. He's got a good squad, got a good coach, has a pretty good receiver around him. And I think I'm comfortable. Like, I don't need him to put up, you know, an unbelievable 30, 40-point game. But if I want him to give me 20, you know, I I think – I would be surprised if he doesn't put up at least 20 against the Houston Texans week one. So I'm going Trevor Lawrence there. And so that's my final pick. And the, so my team right now, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Henry, Tyne Edwards-Alaire, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Deontay Johnson, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, Zach Moss, Michael Gallup, Darnell Mooney, and Jalen Rager. Uh, very happy with my team. We're going to see what my grade is. Um, but after Trevor Lawrence, I'm Boston Scott, Jalen Waddell, Benny Snell, um, Daryl Williams. The, there were two D Williams and the the segment was yeah. the Chiefs and threw me off Daryl Williams, and then Matt Stafford who I just talked about went thirteen oh nine. Like I said, Matt Stafford was my highest rated uh, quarterback left, but Trevor Lawrence against the Texans, I, I'm very happy with that as my last pick. So you are on the clock here. Your last pick, um, not quite Mister Irrelevant, but pretty close to it.
1: Yeah, so um right here it's uh it's not really a um a surprise on the position I'm going to <laughs> because I don't have a tight end yet. Uh you waited until the last round to you get your quarterback, I waited till the last round to get my tight end.
0: Um pretty good uh pretty good for uh us, you know, shows shows our personalities with comes to draft. I like it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In in one question I do have for you just really quick before we wrap this up is with you taking Trevor Lawrence um, as your fantasy quarterback here, obviously there is a good amount of confidence in Trevor Lawrence. Where does, I, I guess, who are your favorite players on that offense? Because you have Travis Etienne, you have James Robinson, you have LaViscus from Chennault, you have DJ Chark, uh, you have, let's see. Marvin Jones
0: on there as well. Mar- Marvin Jones, I think, would be the only other guy. There are two guys that I'm looking at. The main one, I will tell you, Lavisca Chennault. I I very much like Lavisca Chennault this year. He is he's a freak. If you watch him in college, uh, he destroyed every defense that he played, and they can move him around. Yeah, you throw an Urban Meyer to you know run that offense. He's going to be all over. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to be the top outside. You know he's going to be all over. He's going to get the ball. He's going to do things with it. So, but this Schnell, probably my favorite receiver on the Jag, favorite weapon on the Jaguars. Then I would say Travis Etienne is the other guy I really like because he's going to be out there on the field. He's also going to be all over. He's going to be wide receiver, running back. Trevor Lawrence is going to feel comfortable with him because they have had uh, three years, four years together. I think three years, maybe um, in college. So, those are the two guys, LaVisca Chennault and Charles e. Tien are the two guys on the Jaguars offense where I'm comfortable. Uh, and then I kind of like Marvin Jones. Um, he's going a lot later. I haven't had him in any mocks yet, but Marvin Jones is always a guy that I've liked the last few years. Adding him, I am very off of DJ Chark. It's a, it is no longer a DJ Chark season. I liked him last year. Do not like him at all this year, so... LaVisca is is uh, my number one guy that Trevor Lawrence is going to love in Jacksonville.
1: Okay. Just needed – just wanted some clarification on that and hear your thoughts on that offense. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, uh, it was very hard to say. It was very hard to say as a Titans fan. I will, I will give you that. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> so, uh, my last round pick here, um, there are – I mean, at this point, I mean, you're definitely streaming tight end, but um, – one thing you do want to pay attention to here is there's pro- probably six tight ends here that I'm I'm really considering across the board, um, and I have one that's still in a tier above the others. And the reason I have this guy in a tier above the others is because talent-wise, I truly believe he is just absolutely more talented than the rest of the guys at this point in their career. And I think the opportunity can be there, although this is not a very good offense, uh, passing offense, I should say. Um, But he signed a contract with a new team this season that made him the highest-paid tight end ever. So, with that being said, my tight end here will be Johnny Smith with New England.
0: I'm so happy you did not say Evan Ingram. You had me in the first half. I thought for sure you were going to say and I was like, oh no. But I, I like it. Smith uh would have absolutely loved him if it weren't for the uh, Hunter Henry signing, but uh, very exciting times. I just got back my grade. And uh, I mean, not to brag, you know, I was an A student and uh, just, just got another A. So uh, I'll run off my team one more time. I know I did it, wrapped my pick. But Trevor Lawrence may in the QB at least for week one. We'll see. uh, We'll catch how he does, see what things are looking like. Uh, But then after him, Derek Henry, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Deontay Johnson, Javante Williams, Damian Harris, Zach Moss, Michael Gallup, Darnell Mooney, Jalen Rager. I love my team. Absolutely love my team. I think I have a very good, like I said, my top, my first five picks, all very high floor and high ceiling, which is awesome that you don't get a lot, uh, like as consistently because all five of my guys have that, I think. And then I have a very deep bench, I believe. And, uh, yeah, love getting Higby late. Trevor Lawrence, okay with that in the 13th. Um, I'm very happy with my team. Uh, I'll, I'll let you read off yours.
1: Yeah. So, um, just really quick before I get into the grade and my team, one thing that I really want to hit on that I think the listeners might appreciate here is it's more of a tip while you're drafting is – and, Zach, you can tell me if you agree with me or not here, but when you're drafting the five-week aspect of it, me personally, I don't even I don't even glance at bye week I don't <laughs> care about week
0: I'm that. glad you brought that up because I used to be – until about two years ago maybe. I was, it wasn't obviously I didn't like look super into it, but it was one of those things where it'd be like, the third round I'd be like, oh, I already have a guy by week seven. I'm not going to pick. And I had two guys that I liked. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to pick this guy instead. Now I'm at the point that it does not matter. If you're yeah. active enough as a player, it's not going to matter too much. You, you will have weeks, I mean, you would be insane if you go undefeated in a fantasy season in all reality. You can be the only <laughs> guy. I like I'm in some leagues where I'm the only guy that really takes it that seriously. And there's you know, like there there's a certain amount of, you know, luck, certain amount of you know, you never truly know what's gonna happen on a certain week. You can look for a season long, but on a certain week you can kind of project like, oh, they'll have a good it's a good matchup or not but You know, it's hard to tell. So, like, to have all your guys line up and then it just takes one great week from some random guy. So, it's okay to, you know, lose. I think those losses, you know, make you stronger as a fantasy player. You know, we've all had some devastating losses. I just talked about my worst loss that, obviously, I still remember the very details of it because, you know, whatever. I'm not going to talk about it again. But, (laughs) uh, you know, I agree with bye weeks. You know, I was pretty late coming around to it, but yeah, I, I don't even look at it anymore. No, I kind of noticed as I was thinking, I was like, oh, like, I have two, my top two wide receivers in this case both have the same bye week. Now I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Like, maybe I'll try to get a few more wide receivers. I didn't do that necessarily in this case because I was still just going BPA. But, you know, it, there's just a few things you can think of after that. So you yeah, know, bye weeks. I, I'm not worried about bye weeks at all. I, I don't think you really should. You just kind of look at the players. If you're good enough, you want to pay attention to it. You know, you'll you'll be able to add guys. Your your team is going to change a ton from the draft. Uh, so even if you get like your top two running backs, like I got my top two receivers, same bye week, it'll be okay because I got the I Josh adjust my flex. I'll be able to move up. I've got uh, a few guys. You know, on my bench, I got Michael Gallup. I could throw him there, uh, mm-hmm. who, if a Mark Cooper misses, time, he's going to be my flex anyways. You know, you you just kind of it, – it's pretty easy to maneuver around. At worst times, worse, my dynasty League, I have three running backs, three stud running backs, Chris McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. All of them have a week 13 bye. I'm just – I'm punting week 13. i I'd not rather have those three guys. Much rather have those three guys, and you know, week thirteen kind of sucks versus you know having other guys, and then you know maybe week thirteen don't get a win. You know, I, I
1: yeah,
0: absolutely. So yeah, I I agree with you on that.
1: And, and, and the big reason that kind of came to my head is because I know that you touched at one point during this mock that you had a couple guys over week fourteen by this year.
0: That, that's just weird. Years. Week fourteen, man. I wow. <laughs>
1: and typically that's kind of like a big deal but with the NFL adding a week this year so there's uh you know you're playing 17 games 18 weeks total um you know most fantasy leagues your playoffs are in week 15 16 17 this year uh, uh you guys get well rested week 14 yeah. buys. <laughs> yeah yeah Correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, that's where most foreign Fantasy League playoffs are running this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm thinking th- I'm thinking this year will probably be – or no, you're right, you're right, Fifteen, sixteen,
0: seventeen 17 will be uh, those weeks for sure. Because, yeah, th- you don't want to have the last week.
1: Yeah, um, and my work at it on it is if you are freaking out because you have a couple Week 14 buys, you know, then uh, I, I just feel like by Week 14 – you know, you should have done a good enough job with your team already to punch yourself a playoff spot. You know, mm-hmm. if you and I understand things happen, injuries happen, so on and so forth. And, you know, some people do rely on, like, for example, last season, the league that I'm commissioner in and that I run, the guy who won the league, the last week of the season, he won a game to get into the playoffs. And then his team just got hot and he won the whole league. So if he would have lost last week of the regular season or the last week of the regular season to fantasy, he wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. But he won that last week, and then he got hot and won the whole thing. You know, so, I mean, things happen, but I I just really do feel like that you shouldn't, you know, especially this year on a week 14 bye, because there's a lot of good fantasy football players that have a week 14 bye this year. I just don't believe that that should be a thing that should steer you away from a particular player. Um, just because he has a late-in-the-season buy, You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, one, no. I mean, take care of the no. team. <laughs> do the things necessary to put yourself in a good position so it doesn't have to come down to the last week into the playoffs. But yeah. moving forward, I'm going to into my team. You said you got an A this time around. I actually got a B on my grade. I got an 83 out of 100, um, which was kind of flipped from yesterday because I know yesterday we were kind of flipped in our grade. But, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, you had a little bit higher and I yeah, you had, what, like a 95? I had a 89, something along those lines, which it, it's all subjective. The grade's just something, you know, for shits and gigs obviously.
1: You know, because yeah, it's,
0: it, it's where you personally rank it. And I'm, my teams are always amazed,
1: so. And, uh, in reading off my team here, and I will say, just looking at my team, it is a very high-risk, high-reward team here that I've drafted, which I usually go toward a little bit more towards the safer side of things. But, hey, here we are. Um, but my team quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, um, at running backs across the board, I have Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Chris Carson, Travis Etienne, and Gus Edwards. At wide receiver, I have Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Henry Ruggs, and Traquan Smith. And then at my starting tight end position, I have Jonu Smith from New England.
0: I love your running backs. You, you were listening up. I love your running backs. Uh, you know, th- there's that risk there with two rookies, but I think mean, you've got the depth. You've got a lot of upside. Like I said, I, it's, I like both of our teams. So I was very happy. Callow. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you coming back on. Um, yeah, I'm, I have not had a podcast and, uh, over a month, so it was awesome to get back to it. We're going to get back to our weekly schedule and a um, lot, lot of great content coming up. You know, we kind of strayed a little bit from the best, you know, so threw a little bit in that because that's who I am okay. as a person. But very, very fun. Always fun to do mocks. It is football season. I don't care what anyone says. It is football season. mock draft season fantasy season. Um, so, thank you all once again. I know I just thank you, but Seriously I cannot appreciate enough uh all you guys that listen. Um so it, it, if you wouldn't mind, you know, give us a call on social media at Zach Sports HQ, me at ZachBringer eighteen. Um, you know, subscribe, like, follow, you know, comment. Do, do whatever you want. Let let you uh I mean if you have any requests, anything you want me to talk about, you know, I'm always all ears, so uh we'll love to hear from you guys. Uh, thank you all for the final time. Uh, and Talo, thank you again for coming on, man. Uh, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, it was a good draft. So always any five words for you?
1: It's the opportunity.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it's always fun, you know, uh, it was great. So we'll, uh, we'll end it here. Another episode of Zach sports HQ, not really HQ, but it sounds fancy, um, <laughs> but it, it was great. And, uh, We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.